There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Square Ball Podcast. This is the 79th edition, uh, the first of a two-parter. My name's Dan and I'm pleased to welcome, along with me, the usual crowd in the studio, Eduardo. Is that me? <laughs> oh, welcome. Uh, Cole. Ciao. <laughs> and she's changed a bit, but it's Eleonora. Get fucked. <laughs> Nora to us. <coughs> How are you chaps? Good summer? It's been alright. It's been a yeah. while since we did one of these. Um, we've pro- po- probably forgotten... We've probably forgotten how to do it, he says. Yes. Is there another one? We're drunk. We've probably forgotten how to do it, so apologies in advance. We will get back into the swing of things. By next May time-ish. First things first, then. The magazine goes on sale against Middlesbrough, issue number one of ten of the season, and we'll have subscriptions on sale on the website soon. Terribly sorry to have disappointed the chap who contacted us on Facebook today. Looking forward to getting his first issue at the Accrington Stanley game. No, no. There'll be no people at that game. No. <laughs> I don't think the opening um, Cop and East Lower, and that's it. Nothing else. Well, apart from the away stand section. The expensive seats. Yeah. Actually, that can't be right. There must be people in the West Stand. Just Accrington fans. Really? Paying £38. You could actually, <laughs> at the um, Dundee United game, you could see Leon Wobshaw in the press box because he was the only one there. Well, gentlemen, where where do we possibly start? I mean, the last time we, we spoke was ahead of the Derby game at the end of the season. So I guess we should probably go back to, to the start. The dinosaurs, the little baby Jesus, which one? Did we win the Derby game? We drew one apiece. Uh, that was almost as good as a win in them days. Well, let's re- let's re-rewind, and the crowd say Bo Selector, and we'll go back to about that time, because last time we were here, Brian McDermott was the Leeds United manager. Things have changed a bit. Well, I don't say him. Where is he, by the way? Where is Brian? You just sound like Massimo Cellino I mean, in the summer. <laughs> Where's Brian? He's on holiday to get some rest. I mean... I need help, Brian. The plane. <laughs> I'm pushing it. It's full of luggage. <laughs> All joking apart, he was a little bit naughty with this, wasn't he? Because Brian was at the bedside of his dying mother. Bit awkward. Mm. It may have been a different story if she'd recovered. 
would it then have been okay to hassle him for going away to see her and not answering his post? Possibly not, um, but it very much signified a parting of the ways, didn't it? There was the this interview was probably the, the point at which you thought, yeah, there's no way back from this, and and lo and behold, they they parted, quote unquote, by mutual consent, went their separate ways. He was a dead man walking from the point he sacked him the first time, wasn't he? He's never gonna be here for another 10 years after that some people are like why doesn't he just resign like, well why doesn't Massimo sacked him once proved he's got the balls sack him again yeah kind of it sticks in the craw a little bit people saying oh he's just waiting for a payoff well why not I mean yeah. you know because if he'd stayed sacked on the 31st of January he would have got a payoff he could even have having been reappointed claimed constructive dismissal I'm sure and taken us through the courts and stuff I think the reason he didn't just quit is because he thought I could probably do an alright job here Yes, I quite like. I quite like this job. If someone, had, if someone had let me, I'd be mm. happy to keep doing this. It wasn't a Warnock situation. No, where he, he was clearly just wanted some money. No, because people liked McDermott. Yeah, he wasn't a money grabbing prick. <laughs> <laughs> Which we would like to reiterate, of course, we weren't referring to Neil Warnock there, not at all. No, I, I was. <laughs> I was. How do you sort of view the whole McDermott era in re- retrospect? Then, I mean. Chilino thanked him, he said he didn't fully understand the mess he had to work in. I mean, is that fair that he, it all just went wrong? The whole house of cards collapsed in front of him? Right man, wrong time. Could Arguably. sum it up. But then again, you, you, you know, you go back to Rochdale and Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, something was clearly very amiss at that time. Yeah, I mean, the, the tale at Sheffield Wednesday when you find out, we already knew when we were last here that he was having to submit his team sheets to Bahrain and they're trying to sack him at half-time. But then the yang to that ying is that he wasn't doing a particularly good job. But to take it so far that somebody who's even less qualified than him says, I want to be in charge of what you're doing, and then he gets sacked by some guy he's never met, it all just got a bit messy. Unseemly is a word we used quite a lot last year. This was a bit unseemly. But his part of the uh, the parting of the ways statement probably summed him up when he said, it's been my great privilege to manage this great club. I've enjoyed the challenge immensely. And then describing the Leeds United supporters as an incredible force. That was a good line. Nobody's ever described as an incredible force before, so he's done well there. It's like um, a Chuck Norris movie, isn't it? And he um, still said we yeah, as well. all the way through. Dignified, I think, is the, uh, the word. Look. Yeah, it won't be easy marching on together. We can get there. Well, you won't, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you watch on telly. Short We're, memories, short memories, you lot. <laughs> there might be a case of the, uh, the John Terrys if we ever get back to the Champions League and lift the trophy. And Brian McDermott turns up there, I'm wearing a tracksuit, like Massimo said. And Dave Hockaday is there, like, no, I won this fair and square. Junior, keep him back. <laughs> right, well, we've seen a hell of a lot of changes since Brian went. It's hard to know exactly where to start, so it would logically be logical um, to, yes, to go through the squad. Let's start at the top of the squad and see who's departed from the end of last season or who's being ushered quietly towards the door. And we'll have a look what we've got left at the end, shall we? So first things first, Patrick Kenny. Not so much ushered towards the door, more like rolled. Like Which one turned into a raspberry in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? And the, Augustus Gloop. And the Oompa Lumpers just mm. rolled him off to be deflated. That was unfair. That shot was captured in widescreen and... I think Paddy Kenny is a fine specimen of a man. Massimo Cellino said he turned up as fat as a pig. Quote, quote. 20 pounds overweight. Yeah, in today's interview, 20 pounds overweight. And the other week, quote, as fat as a pig. 
Mm. <laughs> twenty pounds. How long was he off? How many weeks? You don't get that long off as a footballer, do you? Well, he was <laughs> not, not when Massimo was in charge. Yeah. No, he's no. put in Massimo's rules. Some uh, some serious work at the takeaways of <laughs> Halifax or wherever he's been knocking about. Like Ricky Hatton between fights, just absolutely he's just sat keep, at, keep keep himself up, a yeah. month at an all-inclusive resort and just been <laughs> sat at a bar. I did attempt to counter that video of him, the compressed one that made him look as fat as three pigs by finding all the original footage, splicing it together with the Sunita's So Macho and putting it up to so... so let's have a, a look at him in reality. Still look pretty fat. Still see his stomach kind of... Well, it wasn't like... It wasn't Neville Southall, Kevin Pressman fat. It's been proven in a court of... Well, not proven, but it has been... It has gone unchallenged in the court of law that he is fat. It was described as a, a physical characteristic of Paddy Kenny in the John Terry uh, racist trial, because he was trying to say that he was just calling Anton Ferdinand black the way he would call Paddy Kenny fat. He's mean it's to just, everyone, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very nice. It's just a, a fact of his physical characteristics. Well, I mean, Paddy Kenny is I, he's, he's exactly two weeks older than me, so I always like to draw comparisons, and I went on my holidays this summer, and I came back a little bit out of shape. I don't think it was £20, but he is, he's done well. He's done well. Put the, he did have a couple in. of stone on you to start with, to be fair. <laughs> well, all you can eat, yes, sir, it's an offer, not a challenge. And the other thing Chilino said today is that he's offered him money to leave, which he took and then changed his mind. Um, but he's still hanging around the training grounds with wearing a bucket on his head with slave written across <laughs> his cheek. <laughs> I, I did actually like the humour in that picture that his, was it his brother who tweeted yeah. it, um, no squad number, so he put the, uh, the NA, not applicable, in, uh, in tape. On his shirt. I almost felt sorry for him then. I'm sure he's getting paid handsomely to not have a squad number, so I won't pity him too much. On to number two in the squad then, Mr Peltier. Not what you would necessarily describe as a fan's favourite. But um, he was captain, and he used to send us lovely emails saying, Brian! Where's Brian? When those emails dried up, well, I do, think that was the start of it for they me. They do mm-hmm. say that the success of any relationship is based upon good communication. He was a good communicator up to a point, and then it all just stopped. We never heard much from Rudy Austin, did we? Can you send a stare through email? I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to Skype. We weren't even Skyping all the leads. I sometimes felt to... he'd been logged into my emails looking around <laughs> menacingly. I was pretty sure Checking once my sent was... items. <laughs> I got the feeling once he was just looking in through my window. Ben wanted to live in an attic flat, which is even more frightening. In the roof space, like on um, Shallow Grave. So anyway, Peltier... Buy, buy a ticket for the Accrington game. <laughs> Peltier, released from his contract with a year to go and immediately snapped up uh, by, by Huddersfield. I mean, a few people were a bit uh, upset by the fact that we just let him go, so we, we paid money for him, but, you know, he was obviously on a decent wage, wasn't he? And Versatile defender. Get him off the wage bill. Better at centre-half than at right-back, even though he's a right-back. Get him off the wage bill. Can't pass it ten yards to someone. No, I, I saw him pass it much further than ten yards. Plenty of time, straight up that wing. Ooh. Bearing in mind events since that we'll come on to, we could probably use somebody who could play at centre half. You think so? No matter, you know. Obviously, wages are a concern, and he was a Warnock signing, so wages are definitely a concern. But still, lack of footballers is also a concern. But then. Whether Lee Peltier counted as a footballer all the time, also a concern. Number three in the squad, Adam Drury, the forgotten man. Still don't know what he looks like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He could, could serve me in a shop. And just... Thank he you. Probably has. Uh, released at the end of his contract. He's at Bradford now, isn't he? Don't know. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, 
certain percentage of that statement was guesswork. <laughs> I can't quite he remember. He did go there on loan, didn't he? Yeah. I, is I he sort of a part of like the new Gunnar Haller crowd? Yeah. Where we just, just offloaded all the defenders that is City, to, not to Park Avenue. Oh, no. He's a free agent. He's not, he's not gone. So they had him on loan, but they've gone, no. Nah. If you know of any shops that are he's just gone to oh. Bradford. Moves. He just starts leaning around with uh, Paddy Kenny. Yeah, could, yeah, they could be hanging around in Costa Coffee, couldn't Working they? Working as his chef. Eating big Jaffa cakes. Um, number four, bad one for you, uh, Oddie. I really don't... I don't even want to say these words to you. Tom Lee's sold to Sheffield Wednesday for no money other than the remaining value on his contract. Felt like he'd had enough. Felt like he needed a change. He probably did, to be fair. I was sad to see him go. But we just find out his girlfriend's on Twitter. She's pissed to have gone again now. Has she? I think she's gone bombarded with Leeds fans. <laughs> Not <and> surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. She did well to keep that quiet. I did... Um, and he was she... punching above his weight as well. Footballer. This is this is possibly an indication as to his salary and why we might have offloaded him. <laughs> is the calibre of his other half. If we'd known while he was at the club that there was a ready source of photographs of him sleeping with a pug... I'm not referring to his girlfriend. <laughs> they had a, a pet dog. They still do have a pet dog, probably. Yeah, hopefully. Who knew? We're just looking through a selection of dog... Fo- you appear to have some sort of special folder on your computer there <laughs> with just photos of Tom Lee's, yeah. which Tom- is a little bit sinister. Well, th- this was gold. He's eating there. There he's in the shower. Yeah, there's no sign of the dog. He's not <laughs> in the shower. Here's the dog again. He's having a pint of... Uh, well, a bottle of Recordalic in a beer garden. He's taking on a telephoto lens. <laughs> <laughs> There he's sleeping with the pug again. It's a hint of a smile. Mm. Um, so, on to the sort of football side of things. What do you reckon to this? Because, again, no real fee. Obviously, they want to get him off the wage bill, looks like. How do you feel about it from a football point of view? I've never heard a fee described in the way this was described. It was not clear if we'd received any money or we just were saving money on his wages and that was sort of like having money. It, well, it appears to be that... <laughs> we, we didn't pay him off. Yeah, we would have had is, to pay him off the remaining yeah, We were never going to pay him off, though, surely. Well, it's I, not that useless. I don't not. know if the, the the rules work in this way. That if he has remaining time on his contract, that we would have had to pay it up, or he'd have been entitled to any loyalty bonuses that equated to remaining time left on his contract. Blah blah. Anyway, long was, long and short of it is they've paid it up and taken him off our hands. For a free. loyalty bonus. He was only here for fourteen years. <laughs> How blood money grabbing bastard! It won't be nice seeing him at Sheffield Wednesday, will it? Especially not in that away kit they've got. Have you seen that? Mm. It's a goalkeeper's away kit. I thought it was a proper one. Let's hope not. It's all, it's an awful abomination thing. With Azerbaijan Land of Fire written across it. Imagine Tom Lee's the face Is of Azerbaijan. Is that what Wednesday have got as a sponsor? Yeah. The, the same as Atletico Madrid. They've been taken over by a, a very shonky oh, character. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, back to the question then. Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom Lee's football. Nobody really wants to address the issue of Tom Lee's football. I never had a problem with Tom Lee's as a football player. Not brilliant. I've not still, the worst we've had. Far from the worst we've had. A good, solid defender at this level. You can tell by the way Stuart Gray at Sheffield Wednesday was talking about him. Teams in the Championship love to have him. Some or somebody like him. His hoofing forward, he got a bad rep for that. And I think some of it, especially last season, was him misunderstanding or misconstruing the misconstruing the idea of taking responsibility because nobody else was really doing it. Jason Pierce wasn't passing the ball forward in any particular way. Tom Lee's always seen. Well, you know what? Nobody else is going to get it forward. I'll bloody do it. And then, hoof, and off it would go. And everyone was like, bloody Tom Lees. And he's like, well, you know. It wasn't just him, was it? It was the no. whole setup. And you saw the amount of time we spent losing the ball in midfield. Because our ball retention's been appalling for years, hasn't it? Yeah. So he's looking at it. It's like, do we give it to Rudy? No. Do we give it back to Jason? No, we'll just give it back to me. 
We'll give it to Tongi. <laughs> Get it as far away from my goal as I can. The Sheffield star, I think, described him as a stylish ball-playing centre-back. He's Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. Liesenbauer. Liesenbauer. <laughs> so. He never really improved, did he? That was the issue I had with him. I always thought he was OK, but he came back from those loan spells with, obviously, loads of games under his belt. And you think, oh, he's going to... And he, he looked, came to the side and looked good to begin mm. with. And you think, oh, he's going to improve and... But he was the only constant a, in a team of defence or a back four that chopped and changed. And what you were saying there about improving, playing in a team that never improved. Yeah. Yeah. And also playing for a manager who hated him. Mind you, I'm not sure yeah. being the only constant in a team that never improves is, yeah, a, is no. a particular... Um, I mean, yeah, but, the back four, because he had O'Brien... O'Day. O'Day. He, ne- he needed somebody yeah. good alongside him. He, so. need, he needed yeah. to that kid coming through, that mm. was, the experience brought him through. And he never had that. I guess he goes somewhere else now, clean slate. <clears throat> and he, ne- he needed not to be coming off the pitch and having Neil Warnock waiting for him. Just like, mm. again, rubbish. What are you playing at? Hey, Watch Pelts. Watch what Pelts is yeah. doing. <laughs> Copy that. Oh, you are doing. If I had Clint Hill here, <laughs> you want to look at somebody like Clint Hill, Tom? <sighs> Don't know. Just let's... When he, when he build was, up to it. Build up to it. Don't when he was it, in yeah. the showers at QPR, God, things he did. Things he did there, Tom. Oh, God. <laughs> getting sinister um, on to number seven Paul Green released at the end of his contract he's rocked up at Rotherham in New York that's to be nearer to his football academy he's opened an indoor soccer school at Pontefract is Rotherham nearer to no no it's about the same well then he's run he, he, have you seen the posters for that it's like it says like A1 Soccer Centre's by Paul Green like he's Katy Perry launching a fragrance <laughs> or some, some nonsense the average person will go Paul Green who's, who's yeah. that Building a brand. We'll show him running onto the pitch against Spain in the European Championships, but none of the actual yeah. game. The worst performance ever by an international player, people always said about that. Practice, um, your, cro- remember- practice your Cruyff turns. Yeah, I remember him for that at, at Derby. I've never, I don't think I can recall a professional footballer having another professional footballer like put his foot between his legs and kick the ball away but that's what happened Cruyff turned and that's what, that's what a dad does like, with a kid yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just put his foot between his legs and just like oink. unbelievable can we just stop for a second we need to pause and reflect on the Leeds United career of Mr Luke Varney there we go Luke thank you for your uh, your efforts my favourite memories of him will always be playing on the left wing where he'd just run until the ball went out of play Touch and of the Huckabees with less skill. Even Touch of the Forrest Gumps, less intelligence. And the crowd was shouting at him, fuck off, Luke. You're a useless <laughs> Luke. Just just get off the fucking pitch, Luke. He just kept doing it. He just kept running out of play. And he wouldn't be... He was about a man with a dream. To, <laughs> a run, a, to run a ball out of play. Oh, and Moscow is just, from his folder of Tom Lee's images, <laughs> conjured the one where he got snipered. Where there was an invisible bear trap on the pitch at Ellen Road. Simple pass to him on the wing. It's like somebody's nailed his feet together. <laughs> he got his feet wrong. He just goes flying. Unbelievable. Black- it's a pass from Cameron Stewart, so it can't have been hit very hard. It's, uh, it has to be said, Blackburn are not exactly over-enamoured with him, are they, anyway? But um, They didn't want him, did they? No. It's hilarious. Jamie Ashdown released at the end of his contract. Before we move on, can oh. I just show you this one as well? This is, um, this is Luke Varney challenging Cameron Stewart for the ball. <laughs> Same team. <laughs> We've missed as well. We can't mention Varney without mentioning his Southampton miss as well. Of course, where the ball was on the goal line and he got it. He got it somehow wide of the goal. That was a very special <laughs> piece of technique. That anyway, yeah. Jamie Ashdown, he's gone at the end of his contract. Did Jamie Ashdown? He never did 
roll the channel with David Haig, did he? I don't. I don't think David Haig would was really going to row that channel. It looks unlikely. It the things he do now. to get out of that rowing that channel. And, uh, <laughs> Stephen Warnock um, still with us. He's got one year left on his contract. Sky Sports, you see, claimed he was free to leave, but he's still here and he seems to be holding down a place. That uh, Emma Giuliani off of Twitter, the uh, Italian Ben Jacobs, seems to get some stuff right. Keeps saying uh, Leeds want to sign some left back. Let's call him. Lefty, left Bacchio. Yeah. Left Bacci, because he's Italian rather than Spanish. You're making it sound like Becchio, aren't you? <laughs> if only. But we have to let another left back go first. Yeah. Which I assume is going to be the one that's on about £15,000 a week. But no, he's still here. He's, he's, still... Poten- he's potentially still our best left back. It's just that he's nowhere near as good as his salary. Until, of course, Charlie Taylor comes yeah. in this season. Time for him to threaten his way into the first team. We'll come on to him, no doubt. Uh, the other half of that particular axis of evil, the Punock, uh, <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Danny, Danny Pugh, Danny Pugh um, was released at the end of his contract, and we would just like to say for the record that his late season comeback had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the club didn't want to pay Warnock's appearance money. Okay, he's gone to Coventry now, as Danny Pugh. Has he Northampton or Coventry? Um, wherever Coventry City roam Wickham, to isn't next. It? Really? I can't remember where they're playing. They were at Northampton last year. Are you bothered? It's... Are you bothered? You're not bothered, are you? <coughs> nah. No, right. Number 17. Um, this Still one, not bothered. Very, <laughs> a very significant departure. Michael Brown somehow managed to not wangle another extension to his contract. Released at the end of it. An honest pro, some say. I say thug. And it's good to see that we've released, uh, we've uh, retired the number 17 shirt in his honour. You know what shirt he's wearing at Port Vale or he's pitched up now? Go on. 17. Really? Yeah, they're giving him that. It's also, it's, it's interesting, he was part of the uh, the Mank clique. He's a Cheshire dweller. So Port Vale, of course he's gone to Port Vale because Stoke are too good. But Port Vale, it's, you know, it's just a little bit down the M6. Do that in his Land Rover, that'll be no problem. Yeah, right. I really fancy getting into coaching, but I don't really want to have to drive too far away from my mansion. So it was either going to be there or uh, Northwich, Victoria. I won't believe he's left until I see a picture of him in a Port Vale shirt. Should we try? Should we see if we can find one? You know when they, they kill a sort of a despot and then they have to show the pictures of him. Oh, like all, when Ceausescu was killed. All, yeah. all bloodied on a square somewhere. <laughs> Look at Port- that. That's oh, my word. <laughs> Look at that face on him. He's aged. He looks to have aged. Another 17 years. That kit looks old as well. That looks like a picture from a 1994 Merlin album. That's a Photoshop. Sometimes we have to pull the reins on him in training because if you ask him to do something, he has to give it 100%. You know what you're going to get from him. At 37, he can't do what he did six or seven years ago, but having worked with him myself, I knew exactly what he was going to do. Kick the shit out of everyone. He has played in the Premier League and was at a championship club last season, but he's come in here and nothing has been too much trouble for him. He's led from the front and been ex- never showed much of that. Even like just turning up at Elendro looked like an effort for him. Like, oh, I'm here again. Um, let's move on. Because he I has. Mean, we had a special, he's moved on. Let's us move on. When, when did Warnock get the Port Vale job? <laughs> we had a special song. Well, this is why Paddy Kenny hasn't gone. He's waiting because he's never been signed by anybody else. He's waiting for Neil Warnock <laughs> to get another job. So that that campaign's got to start start now. Wait, Somebody's you mean Brownie's going to be on Talksport Breakfast soon? El Hadj Juf, you've forgotten about him, hadn't you? He went at the end of his contract. Where's he gone? Got, he's, he, I think he's at a funeral. <laughs> Let's find out. He's a free agent. Very long those funerals in Senegal. Gone mm. for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, another high earner off the wage bill. Bothered. Yeah. 
bothered that he earned so much. And we gave 100 grand to one of his charities as well, didn't we? Mm. Well, that was interesting. That's what the invoice said, <coughs> which was a bit strange. Mm. I'm sure they do a lot of good work. Marius Jalukas. Now, here's an enigmatic character. Came in, looked great at the start. Then Sheffield Wednesday happened. Before the Sheffield Wednesday thing, there was the Watford tackle, which was brilliant. Amazing. One of the best tackles, of best tackles I think you've seen, yeah. And then Sheffield Wednesday happened, and it never got better for him, did it? And he ended up having his uh, contract cancelled by mutual consent with a year left. He didn't actually look terrible when he came in at, again at the end of the season. He looked serviceable, but um, yeah, something wasn't right. Who knows what? Carrying an injury from, from falling off a wagon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's ever, ever been any truth in this rumour. It's just sort of... But it has taken on a life of its own. You should I, start it then. I also have a... A little folder here of gifts from that Sheffield Wednesday game, and oh my god, oh Marius, that was always the back heel's the one that everyone always remember. But for the five nil goal, where his arms just go windmilling through the air as he yeah. jumps over the ball, that was pretty special. Mm. Oh Marius, what were you doing? Well, he's rocked up at Rangers now, hasn't he? Signed a contract with them back in the the SPL, well, albeit soon uh, in the Scottish leagues, uh, and in Glasgow, a city not at all noted for rampant alcoholism. Well, he lived in Edinburgh for a long time with no particular effects. Short we... journey on the M8. He'll be fine. He was like he was on a big stag doing Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> this young man, number twenty-seven, um, Gaboli Ariebe, he was released at the end of his short-term deal. I don't think anybody expected him to stay on. Although he, he did show little flashes of uh, possible talent, but we never really saw anything of him, did we? No. He looked a bit better than the rest of them for about a minute at Rochdale. That was it, really. Heard a horrible rumour he was on £7,000 a week. Can't be right. Can't be. Who signed him? It was under the GFH era. I don't want to finger Brian McDermott, as it were, but, yeah, that's what I heard on the grapevine. Let's just hope it's not... Yeah, I know, some some puzzled faces I appreciate. Do you think he tried to write down a two and, like, Salim just had the bit of paper upside down or something? I think when you hear about the sort of wages that they were giving around, like, confetti, it's not surprising if his agent must have gone in and gone give us 10 grand a week and he's gone you can have seven you can have seven there you go seven oh go on then i suppose so it's a bit like the um luke murphy signing where they were like no we're not signing anybody we're not we're not signing anybody and brother look i really need you to sign somebody all right here's a player for a million how's that that all right that's great we sign somebody else no yeah you've had it now (laughs) eggs basket all of them there take it cameron stewart now here's a funny thing Supposed to sign for us after his loan, contractually agreed to do so. We pulled out, um, Stuart went to Ipswich, and he's now, or he said he was, looking at his legal options. It was something like, I can't really, like, say anything, because, like, I've been told, like, my lawyers are, like, doing something, like... And that was about his statement, which I think Adam Pope put on Twitter, sort of verbatim, that I've spoken to Cameron Stewart this morning, and he says, like, I can't really say anything, like, lawyers, like... He was always a very quiet lad, fidgety. That's what I noticed. Not bothered? No, not at all. That's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Simon Lennigan, released at the end of his contract, possibly for the best. Is he still a free man? Uh, What what was the word on Niall Ranger arriving? (laughs) Um, Next one, Jack Butland, he left at the end of his loan. Poor Jack. We we set out to ruin his World Cup dream, and boy, did we ruin it. Mm. To the point where there were actually stories in the press saying like, Jack Butland is refusing to let his Leeds United experience... <laughs> his Leeds United hell. Get, ...get him down. And he, he was very bravely saying, you know, I, obviously I I went there hoping to get in the World Cup squad and ended up finding a club at a difficult time and letting a lot, lot of goals and it was all quite difficult. And 
didn't really enjoy it and <laughs> now I'm back. The counselling's working. <laughs> they say if I just keep talking about it, then eventually it'll get better. So, it, you know, you don't have to tread around that subject if you just keep asking me about it and together I think we can get through it. They have to give a trigger warning before they read out next season championship scores, <laughs> just in case he's listening. It's okay, Jack, it's okay. Put the headphones on. Go on, the earmuffs, there we go. All right, then, and last but by no means least, very much the most, uh, Ross McCormack, Captain Ross, Captain Fantastic, Player of the Year, number 44. Mr Leeds United. Twitter legend. <laughs> £11 million reported transfer to Fulham. Um, on the official site, it was with regret that this decision was reached by the player and he no longer wanted to play for Leeds United. The club would like to wish Ross all the best for the future. Are your thoughts on this? I thought we handled it well. <laughs> Very well done by all concerned. Dignified. No, yes. An ugly episode. We all knew he was going to go. We all knew that he didn't really need all this faffing about. And Chilino ended up admitting it. He just said, I was trying to teach him a lesson. Yeah. Um, it was beneficial for both sides. So why all this? It sounds like he we... gets a massive pay rise. We get a load of money. The fans can swallow it because it's so much money. The only people who are probably a bit annoyed are Fulham fans who are thinking, "Fucking hell, eleven million quid." <laughs> They're used to that though. Mm. They'll have uh, flashbacks to um, Al Fayed. What are your thoughts on it then? Is it is it all about the replacement, or are we going to genuinely miss his qualities, which is obviously a lot of goals? We we'll miss going... a lot of goals. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons it seems like Cellino decided to teach him this lesson, which the story, as it seems to have played out, is that Fulham made this ridiculous £10 million bid, fee was agreed, Ross McCormack was told, don't go to Italy, go to Fulham and have your medical, went down there, had his medical, agreed contract, came back, and then Cellino said, actually, you're not going to Fulham after all, I'm cancelling this deal, and also fining you for not going to Italy. Mm. Was it not that he then turned around and said, I want 11, not 10? Yes, told them he wanted more money, and then put a story in the press saying that he'd just not turned up for the tour. And you can see that when you look at the time, because it was Monday that everybody went to Italy, and everybody was just like, yeah, Ross isn't going, because he's probably going to Fulham. And then Thursday, Ross McCormack misses playing to Italy. He's like... Yeah. That just, was... just twigged on this one, have we? And it seems like it came down to he was bigger than Cellino yeah. in, t- in terms of fans' affection and in terms of stature. He needed lesson teaching and he needed to be got rid of as well. And when you look through our squad now, as we will do, even if he was aggravating on Twitter, even if he did occasionally yell at the fans for not adoring him 24 hours, seven days a week, at least... There was a little bit of character interest. I didn't mind when he, if he'd been getting pelters from fans and he used to turn around and go, yeah, you see, I fucking scored a hat-trick. How the fuck do you like that? I'm like, it's fair enough. At least, at least it's a response. Compare him, for example, to Michael Owen. Because you can't, because there's, <laughs> there's nothing to compare him to. Michael Owen's just like a vacant airfield head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, whereas Ross McCormack was here. He's full of... Ill-formed opinions. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this goes back to January when he basically humiliated Cellino on the telly by the whole transfer request, showing him up on Sky Sports, power struggle with McDermott, getting fired? Yeah. That was McCormack saying as well, slightly. If anyone wants to pour a bid in, I wouldn't mind going, really. It's a bit... <laughs> getting out of this madhouse. <laughs> well, to be fair, you could probably say that about a lot of the players at the club because, I mean, Tom Lees has gone in a much quieter way but that basically does come down to just like, if anyone wants to get me out of here, like I'm quite happy to just 
go. I've been here since I was eight. I'll even go to Sheffield. Yeah, but if if Sheffield Wednesday want to come and get me out of here, that's fine. It'll be interesting. I can't remember who we've really got left at the club, but we've signed a lot of midfielders. We now have a lot of midfielders. So if any of our midfielders are worth anything, it'll be interesting to see if they stay. Because if I was, you know, Alex Mowat, Ross has gone, Tom's gone, like, and now we've signed all these Italians, I go to my agent and say, anybody interested in me? Well, that's the players out. Uh, we'll deal with the players in in part two of this double-headed monster of a podcast. On to, well, the bit there where we can close out the back end of last season, our predictions for the season. This is always a slightly embarrassing bit. I don't know why he's laughing. <laughs> no shame. No shame. I'll close your back end in a minute. Last season's predictions. Let's start with where will we finish in the league? Uh, we finished in 15th position. Michael, you said 10th. Wildly optimistic. Moscow said 9th, one point of 8th. Oddie? <laughs> I'll come to you in a second. Okay. Um, I said 8th as well. We all uh, thought we were being quite pessimistic, really, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, and Oddie, you said 6th, and you said, to quote you, will be that team that has a late rush after Christmas. And you weren't wrong. You're just wrong about the direction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we had a late rush towards League One after Christmas. Yes. We headed off in a, in a certain direction, speedily. Ro- was Rochdale our first game after Christmas? It was the second. It was the FA Cup and third there were round. A couple, was, there were a couple. We had Boxing Day. It was pretty dire. It wasn't a good start no. to the year, was it? Well, anyway, Michael, you were closest with 10th, but even then you got the wrong half of the division. Well done, though. I'll take it. It's a victory. Player of the year, uh, it was Ross McCormack. Michael, you said Ross McCormack. Kudos for you for that. Thank you very much. Such a swat. Uh, Moscow. Yes. You said Austin. He's got to have a good season. (laughs) One year. I might vote for him again this year. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And you said to Michael, why do you think McCormack will be player of the year? Disbelief in your voice. What did you say? Then you said he's a dirty tramp. (laughs) You did genuinely say that. 
he's, he's not going to win it. He's a dirty tramp. But what was your retort? What was your justification for thinking Ross McCormack would I be said player he's of the popular year? Popular, and he's a good player. That dirty tramp was never popular. Good foresight. Both me and Oddie said uh, Luke Murphy, which was a little bit way off because we I think we put high hopes in in the young man, the new new star signing. We had million pounds. Yeah, exactly. He must be good. That's why I backed my money. Yeah, with those two goals though, and that's stiffy. Impressive. We, we, start, we started right. Yeah, you're right. Perhaps my quote was not one to be proud of, uh, where I thought that Noel Hunt might be the dark horse. They got taken to a glue factory. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, young player of the year. There was a bit of a dearth of uh, young players. We weren't quite sure who to pick, were we? Because at that stage, I don't think even... I don't think Alex Moat had even been invented, had he? At that there was no such thing in this world. Uh, young player of the year, which turned out to be Alex Moat. Michael and Moscow, you said Dominic Polion. Oddie, in something that's just now laced with tragedy... <laughs> said Tom Lees, and your reason was because I love Tom Lees. But I still love Tom Lees. <laughs> you can always love Tom Lees. Uh, and I went for Byram um, because he was the default option. And you, Moscow, quite correctly, you raised concerns about his damaged hips. Yeah. The hips of a frail pensioner. <laughs> Smashed pelvis. <laughs> Turned out to be true. Not quite such a good judgment with Dom Polion. When we were saying this, though, it was off the, the last we'd seen of him at this point was um, him murdering a Watford goalkeeper. Yeah. Mm. He had the chance to kill again against Dundee United on Saturday. Because he lost that instinct. Yeah, he wussed out of it and uh, he ended up going down, but then moments later um, he rounded the keeper to score. I was very disappointed <laughs> that he hadn't uh, ruined another one. Like a tamed lion. He's been living in captivity too long. This is it. He didn't really get a chance last season, though, did he? He's crap. Yeah. He's crap? That's a bit unfair. I think the problem is whenever he's played, he's not been very good. Sometimes he looks a bit dangerous in a, in a sort of fairly quick charging around sort of way. <laughs> but never in a running with the ball, scoring goals, making nice passes kind of way. He seems like a nice guy though. But what you did mention last, I was listening back to the old podcast today, you were talking about him counting cows in a field, which I think... Oh, his vines. Oh, he did those vines. Yeah. Well, yes. Cow type things. Cow type things. He referred to them yeah. as. I just think. Uh, yeah, if we want to other cow type things, I think it's yeah. a bit strictly uh, accurate. Yeah. yeah. It's much to learn. Yes, yes. <laughs> Firstly, what cows are <laughs> and what they're called. Top goal scorer, Ross McCormack, turned out to be the man who scored the most goals. Uh, Michael, you went for Smith, as did Moscow, whereas Oddie and I both went for Ross McCormack. But there are some asterisks next to both. Some so caveats yes. to these choices. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, well, Oddie was making up for the fact that the previous year he'd chosen Luke Varney. Yes. So he's, yes. we'll, we'll call him even. <laughs> Across the two years, his predictions have more or less balanced. <laughs> Dan, you did officially go for Hunt, first of all. No, I don't think I did. You did? You went Hunt. <clears throat> oh, no, no, it won't be Hunt, will it? No, it won't. I'm being stupid. You, you did correct well, A man's not allowed to think about his choices on the hoof. You should probably mm. think about it before you say Hunt. That's true. I think, in retrospect, me and Michael should win this for saying Smith, because nobody expected him really to score more than about three. And if it wasn't for Ross McCormack, who is no longer a Leeds player and who is a dirty tramp, uh, Smith would have been top scorer. It's a fair and point. Pro- and, you know, I love those arguments where people say, well, if we hadn't had Ross McCormack, Smith just would have scored 60 goals. So, really, we're not losing 29 goals this yeah, season. Yeah, and if, if my mum had a game, she'd be my dad's. You know? Yeah, we're gaining more goals because they'll be spread around the team. Rudy Austin would have been top scorer last year if Ross McCormack wasn't 
playing. They've all so been top scorer. We've got 20 each. Yeah. Scored 220 <laughs> goals. Actually, wasn't Varney the top scorer previous season? Discounting Becchio because he left. Don't you start. He's a dirty to, tramp as don't well. you start to rewrite <laughs> history. Don't you describe Becchio as a dirty tramp, you dirty tramp. That hair. He keeps Do you remember it clean. his hair? Like a vagrant. He does not look like a vagrant. Rolling never, on the floor. ever looked like a vagrant. He might have looked like a woman, but he never looked like a vagrant. Would McDermott still be here at the end of the season, we asked, and we all went for yes, and he was, just yeah. about. Although, in the middle, it kind of looked he had a, a bit, day off. Yeah. A day or two off in the middle. With that, without permission. No, Where's was- Brian? <laughs> oh, I found Where's him. Brian? I want Brian. <laughs> So technically, he was—he didn't make it all the way through the season, but he also legally did. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we were right. Uh, who will win the league, said we. And the answer to that question, Leicester City. Uh, Michael, you went for Reading. Happy, mm. with, happy with that choice in retrospect? Yeah, they were just outside the playoffs, weren't they, I think. Moscow, you went for Wigan. What did they do? I they can't struggled remember. a little bit, they, didn't they? they, they were... Then they got into the playoffs. Mm. So, yeah, okay, we'll give you that playoffs. Yeah. Ros- they had a good run under Rosler, didn't they? Yeah, they when, did yeah. all right. Oddy, you said, no idea, not us, which was correct. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and I went for Watford. Mm. Where did they finish? Low down. 13. Yeah, above us. Plus Better 10 us. on goal difference. So. Well, what keep, well, if, you, what you want, if you get a load of like random Italians, it's not going to work, is it? I mean, no. that's, that much is obvious. Um, who will go up along with Leicester? It was Burnley and QPR in the playoffs. Uh, Michael, you went for Wigan and Bolton. Bolton was badly wrong, wasn't it? A little it? bit way off. But mind you, they did start all right under Doogie Friedman um, the time before that, didn't they? And then yeah, that was my of, thinking. Yeah. yeah, Wigan were actually and, fifth. And, uh, Burnley did go up, and Wigan and Bolton, neither of them are far from Burnley. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> a it's Lancashire true. team. So, what you really meant, wasn't it? And there's, not, there's only one or two Lancashire teams, so I was correct. Technically, you got the points there. Well done, Moscow. Oh, Deitch went up as well. I didn't pick Deitch. Should have oh. should have backed my, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Moscow, you went for Brighton and Forest. Brighton snuck in there, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, sixth, edge of the playoffs. Forest, 11th. Uh, Wheels came off, though, didn't they, with uh, the little poison dwarf? Yes. Yeah, it was funny, was that? Very good. And they're coming off again now. They've got Pierce in. Yeah. And then they're selling players without his uh, say-so. But they have sold the naming rights to the stadium for, I think... The, Half a trillion dollars? Yeah, I think it's the... Uh, all, all the money the in the world. oil in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Oddie, you were a slight bit more bothered about this question. You said maybe Forrest than someone else. Yeah. So c- congratulations <laughs> for getting someone else. That is cor- that's correct. Um, maybe Forrest. That was wrong. Uh, half a point for effort, maybe. Um, I, re- I went for Reading and Wigan, both of which made it into the playoffs. So I could have almost nearly quite almost been right. Reading didn't. Reading didn't. They just missed no. out. Well, I'm, ca- I'm counting them as in. They were runners-up <laughs> for the playoffs. It's borderline. They didn't turn up to the playoff semi-final. It was like two teams against one. Yeah, I'm having them. Going down, it was Doncaster, Barnsley and Yeovil. I'm going to be smug as fuck through this bit. Uh, Michael, you went for Millwall, Doncaster and Yeovil. You were nearly right. Nearly. Millwall was hopeful. I put them in the year before as well. Yeah, they weren't far off. Moscow, you went for the same. Millwall, Doncaster and Yeovil. You copied me on that on the basis that I'd got some right the previous year. (laughs) And as Meatloaf, yeah. as Meatloaf would say, two out of three ain't bad. Oddie, you went for Huddersfield, Millwall and Sheffield Wednesday again. Again, all in hope. Yeah, mm. but you know what? You weren't a million miles away with the end of that season. They were all they all finished pretty crappy, didn't they? And then me, ah, yes, went for Yeovil, Doncaster and Barnsley. Triple whammy, three out of three, I win. It's only because you're a pop DJ and you probably have some inside info on 
uh, what's his face out of Tapau trying to buy Barnsley? Louis Doncaster, even Louis Walsh from yeah, yeah, him with the John Wright, yeah, 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 definitely. I think that's di- that's victory by default actually because I got that absolutely correct. When will McDermott fall out with El Hadj Juf? Only two of us really answered this. It sort of drifted off. Yeah. We'd lost as enthusiasm. Did, as, <laughs> much, as did Juf. <laughs> but, yeah. Technically, he didn't. Not publicly. He just mm. did just sort of drift off into the ether, didn't he? He did mention... McDermott did drop in now and then that... Uh, oh, yeah, he's, he's, at a, he's had to go to a funeral. He's at a bar, bar mitzvah this weekend. <laughs> it, it was like his own sort of very subtle version of, Where's El Hadj Juf? Where's Jufi? <laughs> I sent him a letter. Uh, used some perfume stationery and my best pen. Uh, I've not heard anything back from him. I don't know where he's gone. Well, did it say one week he's, he's not with us, he's not fit, he's, uh, he needs to get training back with us and then that Saturday he turned up on the bench? He'd yeah. been here for about a month. There was, there was a, the demonstration because a lot of people were starting to say, come on, El you quality player. We need his, his invention and his touch on the pitch. I think McDermott might have gone, all right, you want to see what he looks like? <laughs> Send him on as a sub. Go on. There's your Al Hadjouf people. Well, that's um, last season tied up with. We'll do our predictions for this forthcoming season in part two of this podcast. Although why you would listen to them, given what we've just run through. <laughs> if you want to find out who's going to be relegated, Ask you, me. you know, yeah. we we got two out of three right. Dan got all three right. And um, Oddie plays to his prejudices. Last year, though, there's, bear in mind who's going to go up. We had three teams each. There are four of us. We didn't get a single one. <laughs> it's poor. It's a that's, tough league. That's very, very tough league. It's very un- hard to predict. Unpredictable, yeah. The news. Various bits to get through. Then we'll deal with the sort of major news uh, in terms of appointments, ownership, managers, players, all that sort of thing in part two. Aside from that, we bid farewell to the hideous tyre track kit, which we were all celebrating at the end of the last season. We'd never have to see that again until Macron recycle it in 10 years gone uh, we've got a new one and it's nice they've, yeah they've done alright haven't they white macron yeah. man on white macron shoulder Wh- white macron works. man is a massive improvement yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably advocate completely transparent macron man yeah, yeah. if we could do macron that macron man on the inside of shirt yeah <laughs> macron man on a different shirt not our <laughs> shirt that might work um, and what do you reckon to the keeper's kit what's it look like it's, I've never seen it you, you set them up, I'll slam these home. <laughs> yeah. Never seen it. Um, Is that just not ideal for Paddy Kenny, though? Yeah, yeah. Make him blend in a little bit with the people in the background. Looks like a hill. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon to the key? I mean, I know I know we're all grown up, so we don't really care about kits, but overall, you know, it, it it's gives an outward impression to the world. Home kit, decent. We like. Colour's like. a bit weird. Colour's a bit funny. That sort of spots. But yeah, it's white. It'll still feel as cheap as shit, no doubt. Yeah, I feel like a crisp packet. Um, and we've seen, I like the away kit launch, that was very subliminal, that was clever, wasn't it, what they did there? Got the Football League to leak it for them. On the no, high ra- no high res image to launch it, just a little. Mm. No of, teasers. Well, didn't they originally, they got, week. they got scum to launch it 15 oh, yeah. years Roy, ago. Roy Keane yeah. wore it, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. used a time machine to uh, to reveal that to us by letting Roy Keane wear it with a sharp view cam on the front of it. I don't know, Navy. And also Hockaday kind of let it slip. Uh, the other day because he said um, it doesn't matter what shirt they're wearing whether it's white gold or navy blue it's all Leeds United okay so that's going to be the I should point the um, Marco Silvestri our new goalkeeper against Dundee United was wearing quite a nice Mervyn Day shade of blue throwback goalkeeper's kit I I quite like a blue keeper's kit 
Smashing. I mean, and thankfully, hopefully, can't remember how many years of Macron we've got left, but we should get a yellow away kit next time because the gold one will expire at the end of this season. They do seem to do the rut mark. Well, I'm not sure because they had to resort to giving it away with the season tickets. And I don't think everybody took that up. And I don't think <laughs> that also... Maybe, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I don't know because you're on a 20 year one, but I'm sure if you ask, they'd probably give you like 10. I don't think they've got any kids' teams you want to give these to. Yeah, I don't think they're short of a gold away kit or two. And of course, they they brought the gold one in because um, yellow doesn't sell very well. So obviously, the gold one's gone down a storm. What they, they missed is that yellow shirts do sell very well at football clubs where the fans really, really want a yellow away shirt. They sell well under those circumstances. Do you know what I think it might be? A well-designed yellow away shirt. That's that's what will probably tip the balance, I think, in most cases. Do you reckon that would sell? A well-designed one, yes, I think would sell very well. doesn't look good with jeans, though, like um, a black and fluorescent green and yellow no. mixture would. That's true. You can blend in seamlessly I mean, that, in a nightclub. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> That's a statement of style, is that, isn't it? <laughs> hey, we've got a brand new shop to sell these shirts in as well. That's that's very exciting. The shop was refurbed. The, re- the only real reason I wanted to mention this is because we said that we were only doing the minor news in this section. All right. And then started with the new kit, so that's minor news, and then less important, even more minor news is that the <laughs> shop got refurbished. The shop got refurbished. Minor news. No no staff to work in it. No, no, but you know, that's fine. What other more minor news have we got to talk about? Um, what's his face? So it's something to do with Cornish pasties. Gin- Ginsters? It's, got, it's, got, it's pronounced Ginsters, actually. Is it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like um, animated GIF? It's actually animated GIF. Yes, something like that. Interesting. No, I can't. I can't think. You've 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 lost me. It's locked away somewhere in my memory banks. So I just can't can't get the key to unlock it. Do you know who I was thinking about today? Who? Do you remember that Boy Scout that seemed to be working at Leeds for a bit? Shovel-handed Tory boy. Yeah, he seemed that kind of way. He, yeah, he seemed nice. Not much going on behind the eyes. Mm. Um, but I can't remember what was he doing at the club. He was like a. Was he like Ben Fry's assistant? He was. It was work experience, I think. Yeah. Whatever happened? To, what was his name? Tim, Some, nice. No, let's dro- let, let's drop let's drop this bullshit charade. We're talking about David Haig. He's in jail. I don't know why I sniggered at the start of that because it's minor news, and we laugh at minor news. The kit's blue, and the shop's refurbished, and David Haig's rotting in jail. His sister is worried that he's going to die there. Well, at least somebody's worried. Ken's worried. Do you, do you think that as part of the sport capital thing? and uh, David Haig's worldwide assets being frozen, that Ken has got money tied up in that, and that's the source of his concern. I would think mm. so. I, w- I felt more sorry for David Haig before Ken Bates started piping up in his defence instantly, and then I thought, what have you done, David? What deal have you done with that man? You, yeah. really, you really don't want uh, Ken Bates coming out to bat for you. You also don't want, really, if you are telling everybody that you've got a dossier that's... <laughs> lists all the wrongdoings of your former employers and you're kind of putting that around and you're telling them by all accounts and you've just had a major stomach operation that means you know you're not very well and you need specific dietary requirements and you can't do that rowing charity thing yeah and you've had to call off the rowing the channel for charity and you can't do the um walking across the sahara on your hands that you're planning to do next year what he's doing is a tunnel dig Under, under those circumstances, I probably wouldn't fly out to see them about a new job. Don't oh, you see, gullible David. 
<laughs> you see, I can't get the thinking here. There's no joined up thinking between I've got a dossier which could expose you as a bunch of criminals, right? I've got that. I'm going to give it to people. It's very reasonable of them to offer me a job still, even after all the dossier <laughs> business. However, I'm going to board this plane, despite people's warnings to the contrary, and go to you for a job. I can just picture them in GFH's offices going like, He's not really coming, is he? He's like, no, I'm telling you, he said he'll be here at half past ten. He's like, yeah, I know he said that, but he can't seriously look, be coming. Look on Facebook, he's checked in at the airport, look. <laughs> yeah, but he won't come. Is David Haig is flying to Dubai. He's coming, lads. Unbelievable. And just the idea that he's turned up there, and I imagine he probably didn't know what was going on either. He probably turned up there and he was getting arrested, and they're saying, you need to come with us. And you say, no, but I've got... I've actually got a job interview. I'm, could this could this wait? Because I've got to, I've got to really. They've they've said it's going to be a really good job, and they're like, no, you've you've got to come with us now. He's probably been in prison for about two weeks. And I think, mm, yeah. Maybe there wasn't a job. Probably after two weeks, when they finally let him have a phone call, he's probably, um, hello, I need to let somebody at GFH know that I'm not going to make that appointment. Can I reschedule? Yeah. We shouldn't laugh because he's a British citizen banged up abroad without trial, without questioning. I'll by tell you the when I did laugh, know. though. It was when Ken, Bates was, <laughs> when Ken Bates was talking about it and he said he'd lost the H stone. This isn't funny. Ken Bates said he'd lost the H stone in a week, though. <laughs> Which is just not possible. That's the size of a human. Unless he's... <laughs> it was a big fella. I mean, eight stone's a lot. Yeah, he never even looked at like... I mean, I know he's a fairly big chap, but Unless not with his eight stones. <laughs> I've felt rough his leg. It's barbaric. <laughs> Susanna's read about those jails in, in the Daily Mail. Those Arabs. Yeah. As he's fond of talking about these days. He did refer to them as those Arabs, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So. It's funny because he keeps talking about... Because um, the two guys at GFH is Salim Patel and Alrez. He'll never call him Hisham. Under no, I don't know what he, if he thinks like Hisham is... Like some really disgusting, insulting word that doesn't translate properly. But he always has called him Alros. But never, but he's always Salim and Alros. And then, and Dave, lovely Dave. Oh, poor Dave. And they'll throw. petition to get him out didn't go down a storm, did it? 100,000 signatures to get it discussed in Parliament. It got to about 1,200, didn't it? Joking aside, get him out of there and let him say whatever he's got to say. And then let GFH accuse him of the things that they are accusing you of, which is falsifying invoices, but somewhere where, I mean, you know, the Birmingham Six might have a different view on it, but our justice system might have a better chance of working out what the hell's gone on. But, um, you know, I'm not that bothered. I I was going to say, the problem is, and, and this is the thing that you find with football, and this is all set in the context of football, is we have very short memories, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we joke about forgetting his name, but really, I'm not living on a day-to-day basis wondering what happened to David Haig. I'm living on a day-to-day basis wondering, like, who who's Andy DeLort? Yeah. Which jail's he been in? We'll come on to that next time. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, isn't it? But he's just slipped from people's consciousness. He's, he's clearly... And he's probably slipping in and out of consciousness as well, and delirious with it anyway. It clearly seems like a... A stitch up, but then again, you kind of think, well, you probably have stitched us up as well, Dave. And I know this isn't this isn't maybe the justice you deserve, but it's kind of the justice you've got. You choose to go out to earn money in these places and with some slightly dubious characters. And and if know. he's if he's been around long enough in the circles that he claims to have worked in, why can't he find somebody to raise the bail money? Why won't Ken just pay his bail money? He's saying it's disgustingly high. Well. 
pay him and argue about it later. You're a very rich man, so you like to tell everybody. David Haig must have some other rich mates. Chuck in 500 grand each. Get him out. If he's dying, pay to get him out. Don't just don't just moan about how high the bail is while he dies. Do something. I can't do anything to get David Haig out of there. Don't go on fucking... What is it, Yorkshire Radio or Radio Yorkshire? The latter one. Right. Don't just go on there moaning about it. Put your hand in your pocket, you dirty old goat. <laughs> Ken's a principal man, though. He, it's the idea of someone being arrested without charging. That, I mean, he's, he's a long-term campaigner for Amnesty International, for example, is Ken. <laughs> I would imagine, anyway. I'm, human, not sure. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I think he is. Probably. I, I kind of hold him in similar esteem to like Bill Gates with his philanthropy and... Yeah. You know, <coughs> similar sort of thing. Speaking yeah. of, of of him, apart from the, African children, we want clean water. Well, they can bollocks. Bit, <laughs> bit pushy, aren't they? Speaking of the the bearded gentleman, um, Ken, he now has Radio Yorkshire. It seems to have. I mean, he's got this whole radio station sideline thing. He seems to have morphed into this YouTube character now. It's the future. It's what the kids are doing. And twits and twats are doing it, aren't they? Yeah. I never remember thinking when he was on Yorkshire Radio talking to Ben. Oh, I really wish I could see what this looked like. As because, well as he is. Who was it between us who sent something out saying, it's not radio, that's called television. We've got cameras in the studio <laughs> and it's all on YouTube. That's just television. There he is on television. And he started off very well with his first first video. 11,000 views to see what he had to say. That was the David Haig one, wasn't it? And also... The, revi- block, the blockbuster. Revealing things about uh, GFH. What did he even say about them? Episodes. Oh, he said he was talking about um, how he was going to be pay into sport capital because he, he did that brilliant thing of saying this is all supposed to be a secret <laughs> but i was part of sport capital they asked me to put some money and i said no and all this stuff i think the first video was just kind of him sounding off about stuff and then it was after that that david haig went into jail so the second video got five thousand six hundred. halved halved his audience halved his audience um and then the third 285 wow that's not very many people Really? No, it's not, is it? That's, the, that's a significant drop. In the grand scheme of things. It went up again, 521 for his next one, 370 after that, 486. So he's holding steady at around the um, 400, 500 mark. But I don't know if that's really the uh, the audience he expects. Or you know, you know, the thing is... He, the audience he, that any of his employees are telling him he's getting. He, he could just get himself a video camera and do this in his apartment in Monaco, and not bother with the whole renting the thing above Subway and doing a radio station, etc. You could do just just do that. If get a did, camera. Get Susanna with the camera. I'm sure they've got one anyway for their own amusement. And um, putting that poor woman through it. If he dispensed with talking as well and did some YouTube-appropriate things, like him setting his beard on fire, yeah, things like that. Inhaling hit, cinnamon and stuff. It's a plenty. Yeah. yeah, Ken drinking a bottle of bleach. I'd watch him. <laughs> Shall we listen to an opening question from Radio Yorkshire? This, as an example of this one got 377 views, so this will be its 378th. Okay, so first of all, uh, Gaza, the conflict is ongoing there. It's caused quite a bit of, uh, well, discussion uh, in this country, obviously, with the Israelis and the Palestinians. What are your thoughts on this, and particularly what was mentioned by an MP yesterday uh, with regards to firing rockets at them? Middle East crisis, not funny Asking Ken Bates about Middle East crisis On on an ostensibly sports station in Yorkshire, funny What are they playing at? This video is entitled Ken Bates on Gaza, the Commonwealth Games and David Haig 
And he's, he's, yeah. It should have been about Gaza. <laughs> <laughs> it's 17 minutes long. And obviously he's still wittering on about... Uh, he's, inc- he's inventing this new narrative where he didn't sell Leeds United Football Club to GFH. Leeds United supporters trust did. Obviously. And there's two two camps. One, you mean the self-appointed nobodies, as he, as he termed them? Yes, there was G- Gary Cooper with Salim Patel and Alrose are responsible for all the evils that have become befell Leeds United since. The thing is with Lust, it's just a thing on the internet, though, so it's easy to get people to take part in it, as his uh, 285 viewers of YouTube will, will no doubt confirm. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, there was David Hagen, Ken Bates, obviously fighting for truth and justice. But even Radio Yorkshire have just started cutting him off mid-sentence. The, the video that starts with the question about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict ends... With Salim Patel and others at GFH, and uh, we know it's a total disaster, which is what I was warning about all along. We now know that, according to Lust, GFH didn't put any money into Leeds United at all. They loaded it with all kinds of costs. The end. <laughs> that's that's how the, they, they end it. the video. They loaded it with all kinds of costs. And I don't know if he then, well, I mean, he's made another video since, so we know that he didn't choke on a chicken leg at that point or something terrible. I'm sure we can all remember the, the many times he was warning us about GFH, um, yeah. GFH while he was st- stayed on as chairman and then as president. Mm. We, he spent all that time warning us about them. We can either do that or we can find the, uh, and the all quotes that time where he not, said exactly the opposite. All that time not selling to people that weren't willing to put money into the club. Yeah, for, for the Better good of the club. He only waited, didn't he? He waited for a, the right buyer. But yeah. you, do you know why he's using YouTube as well? Because he's not subject to Ofcom rules. That's mm. the thing. If he starts doing it on the radio, they get slapped on the wrist. If he does it on YouTube, not so. I mean, I used to spend a lot of time wondering what, about what Ken Bates was saying and thinking what it was relevant to Leeds United. And obviously when he made this comeback on Radio Yorkshire, I was one of the 11,000 and then the 5,000 and then the 500. But this latest one where the headline is uh, Ken Bates disappointed to see Tom Lees leave Leeds United and then there's a, a still image of him because he's on the phone and above his head it says Ukraine crisis, Yorkshire and LUFC. I just not, I'm not listening. I don't care. All I need to know is does he keep breathing to, for the whole 16 minutes, 51 seconds? And if so, then no. If it's not an obituary, I'm not interested. <laughs> Jess, all this section that you'd inserted into the, the prep sheet here and I thought, you've been unfair on him. It's not a terrible amount of hits to have 11,000 on YouTube. Some of them, have, it's declined a bit since, but I looked at some other things of what it's comparable to. Yes. There's a video of a massive poo that won't flush away uh, with 10,043 views. Which is actually directly comparable. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. I thought exactly. I'll find something. I find. I think I started off trying to look for something really mundane and then I thought, actually, you know, what's more fitting with Ken? and this, this The turd that won't go away. Exactly. Peeping around the, the U-bend still is Ken. <laughs> He's almost gone though, hasn't he? As he said himself about an ex-chairman... He's a nobody. A, uh, ...being a nobody. Sorry, Ken. And whilst we're talking about Kenneth, let us do the Ken Bates villain of the season. Not the fortnight, because we haven't done anything for fucking not ages. The coming season. The last one. Last you can season, remember. yeah. The we Brian could, McDermott one. We could get our punches in first. Yes. The Ken Bates villain of 2014-15. You could probably uh, pencil in a number of candidates for this. Who do you want to say, then? Obviously, Ken Bates, what we... Uh, what are you giving him his seasonally nomination for? What, for Radio Yorkshire? For coming back? Just for being? For not listening to him when he was warning us about GFH. For not listening to himself, you for mean? Not, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. 
He yeah, because he said didn't he all along yeah. that we shouldn't have sold to them all. He, he, warning signs everywhere, yeah. and then he sold to them. Um, well, at that point, he was talking about them being backed by a very wealthy individual and how they were going to be great to take the club forward. And how he wasn't going to sell just anybody. He had to wait because a lot of chances had tried to take the club off yes. him, and he was only ever going to sell to the right guys. Yes, which what, what a guy. Yeah, I wonder if he's forgotten all that now. Or if it was just a pack of lies. I don't know. Who else would we like to uh, pop into this one? Surely GFH have got to be in there somewhere for the hideous mess they left behind. Oh, it is. Yeah, GFH definitely in there. For all of it? For not leaving. They still own 25%. And while they owned 100%, well, did they 87% one week, then 13%, then it changed. 40%, it changed. 52%. While they were majority owners... Well, even if there were majority owners, we don't know. Who were these guys? GFH are nominated. We'll just refer to them as GFH, even though it was GFH Capital and really Envest International also had it. But. Controv suggestion of the year, uh, especially in light of how bloody precious everyone is these days. Massimo Cellino, would you, would you nominate well, in, him? in the mad January day when he started firing people and buying people and... Had to fight his way out of Elland Road. All that. Everyone Dodging hated him. Taxis. Do a, do a there were protests against him. People were singing, we want our Brian back. Oh, Brian McDermott. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brian McDermott, do you want to nominate him? Yeah, he's a prick. Yeah. For his uh, shocking loss of ability and form. <laughs> Don't know why I didn't sack him earlier. He <laughs> <laughs> was saying all along. That's just, yeah. that's, everyone was saying yeah. it. Everyone was saying it at the time. Um, there's, there's a few that we've already mentioned that I'd like to mention again. Uh, Paul Green, Luke Varney, uh, the Punock, Brown, Juf. I still like Jalukas. I don't know what went wrong there. Pretty much them. All of them. I don't know. Have we got a collective noun for Dead, that bunch? Dead the Wood- Varnies. Deadwoodage. I'd maybe call them the Varnies. Okay. Just Varney and his ilk. Varney and his kind. You could nominate Warnock and cover those players. Neil's lads. Because signed them. Should we just call them Neil's lads? Yeah. Okay, so Neil's lads, I'd like to nominate all of them. But particularly, I'd like a separate nomination for Luke Varney, just because I hate him so much. Okay. You nominating Chris Hewton? Uh, yes, Chris Hewton for not playing Luciano Becchio, not using him right. And we can't talk about the fact that Chilino has turned down the opportunity to take him back because that comes into the new season. But consider that an early nomination for next year, yeah. Massimo. Well, I don't think we need to expand too much on any of those because oh. we've, we've, we've got some obvious candidates. Well, sure. I, while I, we're on um, Hewton, oh. uh, that Van Wolf's Winkle. Winkle Rip the, Van Winkle. The, uh, That's Vanilla Ice, isn't he it? He sounds yeah. like a villain and he... Acted like a villain, not not scoring any goals and keeping Luciano out of the team. Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. Harry Redknapp, just his presence in the championship. For Well, for his promotion with QPR. Yeah, he got this, such a jammy promotion despite having spent a billion pounds. And what's the first thing he did when he got promoted? Get Roy Owen. Roy <laughs> <are> old players. <laughs> Fantastic ladies. He's a cracking player. Etc. It's hard to convey just how much Michael was shaking his jowls then for that. That was absolutely amazing. We have to, we're going to have to video that one time and, and stick it on, on YouTube and get 200 hits. They've not learned, haven't QPR? We'll see, you, we'll see you in a couple of years at most. Real Ferdinand might finally make his comeback to Welland Road. <laughs> My favourite thing that I saw this week on Twitter, or one of them, was uh, a bloke who tweeted the Met Police alerting them to the presence of Rio Ferdinand so saying it's only several years off 40 and he's wearing a baseball cap with a number five on it. it really tickled me. Anyway, who's having the Ken Bates villain of the season? GFH. It's hard to see beyond them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Def- I mean, it's hard to like pin down a single thing to nominate them for and when that's the case, 
just the whole they cl- clusterfuck. Yeah. Congratulations, GFH. You are the winners of our Ken Bates Villain of the Season Award. And that's that for this part of the podcast. We will return as soon as we can get the next bit done. We're going to record it straight away. So don't hang around too long. We'll get it out for you shortly. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Don't forget to look out for issue one of the magazine at the Middlesbrough game and we'll have subscriptions on sale on the website very soon. In the meantime, give your ears a quick rest and we'll be back with part two or will it be podcast 80 in just a tick? The Square Ball Podcast. 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.